First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Or in other words, don't stop praying. Uh, you know, there, you just don't live life without praying. And uh, prayer is an interesting thing. Sometimes you pray and you feel like heaven is brass. It just seems like God is silent. There's no answer coming from God. Some people say, well, you know, God knows what we need, so why should we pray then? <laughs> I mean, he knows what we need, so on. Then some people say, is it enough to pray just once? Or do I need to pray about the same thing multiple times, over and over and over? Some then say, well, how does God answer? Does he provide a dream, a vision? Uh, does a, an audible voice <laughs> come down and speak to me? And uh, by the way, why does it seem like I don't get an answer most of the time? You and I, I'm sure you've been in services where you've heard somebody say, well, I prayed and this happened and great testimonies. And it makes your prayer seem kind of a little bit of nothing then. But they don't tell you about all the times they prayed and they had no answer. They don't tell you about that. I remember a fellow at Tennessee Temple, a famous evangelist came through. He wrote a, a book, and I heard him th this particular day in chapel, and he spoke on prayer, and it was ask, believe, receive. Just ask, believe it, you'll receive it. And as I look back on that, uh, that's really not correct, <laughs> And that's why there's a lot of confusion among even good believers about this thing about prayer. The problem is, mostly, we approach Scripture. When we look at the Bible, we approach the Scripture to apply a truth to our particular life, our circumstances, our desperate needs. And usually when we go to the Scriptures, it's not to try to understand what the text says within its context. We just go to get a verse for ourselves rather than to understand what the text and the entire context is even speaking about. But context reveal who's God, who God's writing to. It reveals what, why, where, when. Context even determines what dispensation one is in. Is one under law or are they under grace? Is one tied with Israel or is one tied with the body of Christ? Context will tell you if it is or if it isn't for you to use. Prayer, it's very interesting. There's so many, back in the past, they had bookstores. They usually don't have bookstores for Christianity today very much. But now it's online. We have more information on prayer. It's unbelievable. Books that tell you how to get your prayers answered. We have TV ministries. They give you guaranteed ways in prayer and how to be healed how to have finances, how to have prosperity, how to name it, claim it, miracle. You've heard them, I'm sure. 
And then when it doesn't happen, our faith kind of takes a downward spiral, doesn't it? Doesn't it? You know, we know God hasn't failed, so it must be something to do with our faith. It must not have been great enough. So what we do, we try again. We try to build up more faith in us, even get other people in, agree, in agreement. And then we claim the promise that God says in his word guarantees an answer to bless us. You claim belief in God's word, in his promises. You even hold him to his word. You say, God, you promised. You hold him to his word. You might use this verse, Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. The ask place. Then Matthew 21, 22. All things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer believing, ye shall receive. Then we might use Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them for my Father which is in heaven. Of my Father which is in heaven. John 14, 13. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So we take those verses. And the truth is, how many of you have claimed those verses, but yet things didn't happen? Is anybody here like that beside me? I've done that many times in the past about a lot of things. But again, seemingly no promise is kept. As a result of that, you become disheartened. You become discouraged. You think, God, is God's word true or is it not true? But you're a tough believer. You're a fighter. You don't quit. So you bear down more. You get more determined. You're not going to let Satan win. So you pull out your ace in the hole, your can't-fail verse to claim. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt, in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. And so at that time you claim those verses and you master up all the faith you possibly can. You believe it will be. You even claim your request answered in the name of Jesus. I claim it by the name of Jesus, it's done. So be it. Hmm? I've heard preachers do that. 
And like I said, you're a good person. You're honest. Most of you are believing believers. You believe that Christ died for your sins, was buried, rose again. But again, there's failure. Your prayers didn't work again. Now that creates doubt. That creates question. Your faith begins to take its toll downward. Have you ever been there, by the way? Huh? Our answer is this here. God has not failed you. It's your misunderstanding of Scripture in its context. Did you hear that? It's because you were claiming, believing promises that were not given specifically to you. You say, well, God's word's not a lie. That's true. It's his word's not a lie. We, can, we know it's true. But have you ever noticed where in the scriptures, its context, where whatsoever, whosoever, anything you ask, prayer promises are found in scripture? Have you ever asked yourself that? They're mainly in the dispensation of Israel's kingdom at hand, the offer of the kingdom to Israel in the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and early Acts under law and Israel's program. Remember this, Matthew 10, 5, 7 says this, these 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them saying, go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans, half Jew, half Gentile, enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Amen? Don't, don't go to anybody but Jews. That's where some of those promises are found. Chapter 15, verse 24. Then as, now notice, but he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Christ said, wait a minute. I was sent specifically just for you Jews at this time in Scripture's context. Romans 15, 8, Paul says this about Jesus when he was on earth. Now, I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision. Who's that? The Jews. For the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. When Christ was on earth, he ministered to Israel to remind them of the promises of their fathers and of the prophets and what the law said. It had to do with Israel under law. Galatians 4.4 4 says this here, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son of Mary, made of a woman, made what? Under the law. When Christ came, he was under the law's program. Not the age of grace, but under the law program. But as you study the Bible, you know that Israel said no to Christ, crucified him on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, gave them another chance. So in early Acts, he gave them that opportunity, and they said no. They had rejected the Father. They rejected the Son. And in early Acts now, they reject, they reject 
the Holy Spirit. Complete rejection of the Godhead. So Israel rejected Jesus as the Christ, as Messiah. Romans 11.25 says this here. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, a truth hidden, now I'm revealing it to you, lest you should be wise in your own conceits. That blindness in part has happened to Israel. How long is this going to be? Until the fullness, that means when the last person in the body of Christ is saved, of the Gentiles be come in. Verse 32, For God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. As he was ministering to just Israel at that time, one to be saved had to go through Israel at that time. But Israel said no. He set him aside that he might be able to go now to the entire world and save anybody that would believe in the gospel. I'm grateful that I've learned that truth now. Today, we're under grace. It's called the dispensation of grace. And so prayer today is different from the prayer that we just, those prayers and promises we just looked at. That was to Israel. But to us, the body of Christ today, he says this in Galatians 4, 6. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The spirit of God now lives inside of us. Why is that so important? Well, Romans 8, 26 says this. Likewise, the spirit who lives in us now also helpeth our infirmities. For we know, we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Do you know the Spirit of God that lives inside of us helps us how to form our prayers that make them correct before God? Amen? The same context, two verses later, Romans 8, verse 28, you know it well, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, and then for whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate, and so on. Now get this, to be conformed to the image of his son. The reason God permits these things to come into our lives, they are to develop us, mature us, to make us more like Jesus Christ. And when we pray, our request, we have to make sure that is happening in our prayer request. That will take place. Philippians 4, 6 says this, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And it states in the next verse, in verse 7, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts, and so on. That tells me something. God definitely wants to hear from us. Let us make our requests known unto God. And the highest expression of faith is to give God our prayer request. But then we are to trust God, his plan that he has for us and in us. Today, we walk differently. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. 
When we pray today, we pray and then we leave the answer, the outcome to him in faith. True prayer today forces us to be totally dependent upon God's will for us. Now that's important. His will for us. That tells me something. Prayer is about him and not about us. It's not how much faith I have. It's not be building up or demanding or claiming. It's about him and his will for our life. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 12, 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing besought I to the Lord, how many times? Three, thrice. That it, I pray that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So Paul says, I gladly, therefore, I'd rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ might rest upon me. In other words, sometimes when you pray, God says no. Other times he says yes. At other times he might say not now, but maybe later. Or other times he might do it in a different way. He had to have somebody in position to be in higher up in order to save the people of Israel one time. And he did it through Joseph, but he took him through slavery and prison to be exalted. Sometimes he just does it a different way. The answer is up to him and what he wants to accomplish in our life. We have faith. We leave it in his hands because we can trust him with our request. Someone then foolishly says this, then what's the use of praying if we don't get what we want? Psalm 106, verse 15, and he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Sometimes God gives us what we do request, and it's not good for us. We believe that God knows what's best for us and what we truly need. And Christians, they need to stop telling, they need to stop trying to manipulate God to get what they want and stop telling, demanding God to bow down to what they claim, what they command him to do, and they need to start trusting his sovereign will over their life. Amen? Most of us need to see rightly dividing what dispensation they're in. We're in the dispensation of Christ, and that's what you need to follow its guidelines for prayer. But the way of grace, we don't worry living under grace. Ephesians 3, 2 through 5 says, if you have heard of the, what? Dispensation of the grace of God. Interesting. Which has given me to you word. How that by revelation he made unknown to me a mystery, a truth been hidden, but now he's revealed to me, I'm revealing it to you. As I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. 
which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, and is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Paul says, listen, I've got a new message. It's been a mystery. It's been hidden, but God's revealing it now. And it tells us how we are to pray. Not like they did under the kingdom program. Jews require a sign, but we walk by faith. Amen? That's good. You didn't say amen enough. <laughs> Ephesians 3.20. Here's living under grace. Now to him, Christ, that is able to exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. God helps us beyond what we could ever request. And that's, uh, that's under grace. He says in Romans 8, 32, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give all things? He freely gives us everything necessary and above necessary for our life. I'm about done, so don't get nervous. I wrote this down. I don't know where. I wrote it. God says this. Blessed is the believer who's not upset with the way I run my business who understands that the purpose of prayer isn't just to get what they want, who learns to trust me in whatever way I think best to answer their request, who lets me, God, be God in their life. Dr. Richard Jordan, who's taught me so much, he said this, I thought it was excellent. Trust, faith in God brings about contentment. Faith in God brings about contentment. Now get this. Contentment is not the fulfillment of what you want, but it's the realization of what you have. Amen? Amen. Truthfully, prayer is not about us trying to get everything. Prayer is for intimacy, fellowship, and relationship with the creator of this world, the savior of this world, our God. That's what it's truly about. Some people say, well, pastor, you really promote this Paul a lot. Paul was just a man. I want to hear what Jesus says. And I say amen to that. Amen. But understand something. Now, don't miss this. Jesus has said more since he left earth than when he was on earth. Let me say that again. Jesus has said more since he left earth than when he was here on earth. He later gave revelation, new truth of God's word to the Apostle Paul. Paul wrote 13 epistles in the Bible. New revelation, new truth about the mystery body of Christ that we're in today, the dispensation of the grace message. 
And so I say to you this morning, 1 Corinthians 14, 37, Paul says, If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. Paul says, I'm just sharing what Christ shared with me. This is what he told me to tell you. We're in the dispensation of grace. And it means a lot in the way that you pray. You can't claim the promises of Israel. You claim the promises that's within your dispensation of grace. And if you can't grasp the dispensation of grace, I challenge you. The next verse says, 1 Corinthians 14, 38, but if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Amen. If you don't want to learn it, that's your choice. But you can remain up and down, up and down. Claim the promise. Demand the promise. I believe. I, no, doesn't happen, doesn't happen, doesn't happen. It has to do what is the will of God. That's what it's about. I remember that my mother, uh, she had cancer and it was going to take her life. And I, I remember running by and talking to her and I said, well, Mom, let's have a word of prayer. Boy, I pray. I got in the spirit that day. I mean, I prayed. I believed with all my heart that if God wanted to, he could touch her right then and raise her up strong, living a full life. I knew that. But I also knew that God has a will for each of our journeys. I pray, God, this is what I want. This is why we need her. But God, I also know you have a will for her. I don't know what that will is, but God, I submit to it. We pray that you'd raise her up, but if not, we know you'll receive her in heaven. Either way, she wins. And I said, your will be done. I've never forgotten that prayer when I, I mean, I really cried out to God. Mom was crying, I was crying, it was awful. <laughs> As snot coming down my face, the eyes are water. <laughs> it's interesting when you get in the presence of God in a sense when you're really connecting <laughs> what takes place mom was satisfied with that at that time she said Jimmy I know where I'm going that means right now that means everything to me that means one day I'll see her but we have to come to a place in the dispensation of grace that it has to be the will of God for anything what we ask him. And so stop being fooled by the devil that you're a failure. You're, you can't defeat Satan. You can't win. You can't believe in God. His word's not true. You believed. You asked. It didn't happen. Turn your back on that kind of a God. No, you just prayed wrong dispensationally. You prayed Israel's prayers. 
You need to pray the body of Christ prayer, the dispensation of grace. I close with this, that I don't know why. Uh, the choir sang the song, I'm just sinner saved by grace, what I used to be. Oh, boy. And I was, I, I, I closed my eyes most of the time. You probably think I'm crazy sitting over there. I'm just, <laughs> I'm in a trance almost like. And I'm, I'm reminiscing back to where I was when God saved me. And boy, it just swells up inside of you. And you say, I'm thankful that one day God touched my heart and showed me a Savior. And the Savior is this here. We're all sinners. We're all going to hell because of that sin. But God loves us so much, he's intervened. His son became flesh and dwelt among us in, on earth. And on a cross, he died for all your sins and shed his blood. And they buried him. And three days later, he rose from the grave alive. He's alive today. That's why he can save you today. And the only way to become a child of God is not joining a church, not being baptized, not giving your money, not, you know, I, I try to do good and I keep the commandments and all this stuff. It has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with what Christ, who is, and what he accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, he died for our sins. He was raised for our justification so we can have a right standing before Almighty God. You just need to believe in your heart that is true. And when you believe, that's when you're saved. And if you haven't done that, I hope you do that even this day. If you have any questions, please come up and ask us. I hope this was a challenge to you to get in your word, study it, find out. It's exciting. It's like scales come off your eye. Like Dr. Sadler said, it's like getting saved all over again when you can see straight dispensationally. Father, we love you. Thank you for the people. We love them. Thank you for the gospel that saves us, but thank you for the knowledge that comes after we're saved about the dispensations and rightly dividing. It means all the difference in the world how we are to live today and not be confused. And I pray people would start studying that in Jesus' name. And everybody said? We hope you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpnd.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. You can watch us live and view past services on our website, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Until next broadcast, may God richly bless you as our prayer.